0: Welcome back to Inclusive and Online with Kate and Dan. I'm Kate. And I'm Dan.
1: So let's talk about our last episode briefly. Sure. Um, You know, we got a lot of really good feedback from folks who listened to our first episode. So we're really excited to hear that there's some interest generating and looking forward to getting feedback. from people going forward on all of our future episodes. So please keep that feedback coming.
0: Yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun uh, getting a lot of positive feedback, a lot of encouragement. Uh, What I personally took from this though, is these aren't always easy conversations and we're providing an arena for people to hear these conversations and not necessarily participate in them directly, but still be able to learn from them. So I think it's an important service that we're offering the campus community and anybody who's listening abroad as well.
1: Absolutely. And i think that there is some safety in being able to listen and process these conversations which can be difficult conversations at times and then be able to engage with your peers and colleagues after the fact after having kind of processed and thought about some of these concepts yourself
0: right so in for example in this episode we're going to talk about pronouncing names and the relevance name pronunciation holds in class settings as well as everyday life And according to the National Education Association, or the NEA, a growing number of educators believe equity and inclusion in the classroom begins with honoring and therefore correctly pronouncing students' names. And it seems that very little attention is paid to the importance of saying names correctly when some view it as a way to respect the identity, race, ethnicity, and individuality of others.
1: Absolutely. So, Dan, this topic was your idea. Why did you think it was an important topic to cover?
0: Well, again, like our last episode, it all started with uh, Zoom. (laughs) It's been a very popular tool (laughs) the last couple of years, as we know. But I noticed that people with names that looked harder pronounced were almost always picked last to introduce themselves. It kept happening over and over. And me i was that kid that was always picked last for kickball i wasn't the best athlete in my town and i remember that feeling and i thought maybe the same thing applies here
1: yeah i've absolutely noticed things like that as well um in particular you know if you're in a group meeting and you've got multiple people with their hands raised i think that the people with names that are considered harder to pronounce by whomever is leading the meeting are those who are often picked last to ask their questions, even though, you know, they might be earlier on to volunteer that they have something to say.
0: Well, funny thing is I decided that day in that meeting, I was going to intentionally pick someone and try to pronounce their name and then ask them if I did so correctly. So I nearly got it, but that person, they got the chance to correct me. They didn't have to wait to be the last one to introduce themselves. I felt great, but here's what I learned about why that could be problematic. I may have been creating an uncomfortable situation simply by attempting to pronounce their name. And what I should have done was just simply ask the person how to pronounce their name, thank them, and then say their name to pick them.
1: You know, names are an integral part of one's identity and having one's name consistently mispronounced can contribute to a sense of shame or lack of belonging, especially for young people who may have a name that is not commonly recognized in the dominant culture. Additionally, I think that there can be a sense of shame or fear on the other side as well for people who are attempting to pronounce a name that they don't recognize, as you just pointed out in your anecdote.
0: Yeah, I've got a very easy name to pronounce, and I recall a time when I was a student studying abroad in Mexico, my friend Al, who is with me, his full name is Alan, Well, two L's in Spanish actually make a Y sound. So everybody thought his name was Ayan. And for me, what I thought was a very simple name, a very easy name to pronounce sounded very different in a different culture. And that's something that's stuck with me since those days.
1: Yeah, I, I know you and I both have kind of one syllable names that are recognized in the dominant culture that we live in. So I think it is something challenging for us to think about as something that we don't necessarily often experienced. so i think having that kind of recognition when you were not existing in the dominant culture is an interesting perspective to bring
0: for sure yeah it's uh four months that i spent in a culture that was not my own and there were definitely times where i noticed i i stuck out differently and again it's something that has lasted with me even you know, 20 years removed uh, from that experience
1: when I was working in academic advising, I would often come across student names that I didn't recognize. And at the time, my practice was to look up the name pronunciation online, just on Google, before bringing the student back into my office and then follow up by asking them, did I get that right?
0: Oh, that happened to me all the time when I used to meet with students in financial aid and it usually made me pretty anxious.
1: Absolutely, I was anxious about it pretty frequently as well, especially wasn't when I wasn't sure about the name pronunciation. And I often think back to a specific moment where this practice kind of you know, came to light as to what it was really doing in my relationship with these students. And I, I called the name of a student to bring her back into my office for our very first meeting. And I had looked up her name in advance. And her first response after I called her back was saying, how did you know how to pronounce my name? She was, she was surprised and I think it did really make a difference in our advising relationship going forward that she didn't have to correct me or deal with me mispronouncing her name consistently. That said, I do think that it can be more challenging in a large classroom setting or an online classroom to figure out what to do when you don't know the pronunciation of a name off the bat.
0: Well, you know, I recently stumbled across a couple of email signatures that included links on how to pronounce the sender's names. I'd seen these particular names a bunch of times and thought I knew how to pronounce them correctly. And in one case, I was correct. And in, in the other, I wasn't.
1: Let's get into talking about some tools that you might be able to use to make name pronunciation a little bit easier in a classroom environment. We're going to be covering the tools Name Drop, Name Coach, Poodle, and Name Shouts.
0: So let's start with Name Drop very briefly this tool was the first I saw outside of our university's learning management system, which is Moodle. And the free version of NameDrop allows you to record your name, you can add a profile picture, and you can display personal pronouns.
1: How could a tool like this be used? As you mentioned, we've seen this type of thing linked in an email signature, but there are certainly applications to the online class environment as well. As someone who teaches online classes, Dan, how could you see yourself incorporating something like this into your class?
0: Well, I think it's a good introductory tool for name pronunciation. It's easy to use, but it does lack some of the cool features of other products. One thing I do like is that it allows you to include those personal pronouns because it may be difficult. We can't make an assumption off of a name of uh, what the those person's pronouns are going to be. So all things considered, it's still a good tool and better than nothing at all. And I would use it also in my email or perhaps in my Moodle profile.
1: So let's move on to the next tool on our list. This is a tool you might already be familiar with, Poodle. Poodle is a tool that's built directly into Moodle and it allows users to make short audio and video recordings right from Moodle's HTML editor. It's not made specifically for recording name pronunciations, so it lacks some of the features that our other highlighted tools have, but it is a very simple way to create a quick recording that lives directly in your online course or Moodle profile.
0: I like the Poodle recorder since it's very versatile and built right into Moodle. Any suggestions on (laughs) how it can be used as a name pronunciation tool?
1: You could absolutely consider adding a label resource to your Moodle page using the Poodle recorder to record your name pronunciation and then add some text to go along with it explaining the phonetic pronunciation. You can even have students use Poodle to record their own, own name pronunciations and post them to a forum in the course or to their own Moodle pro- profiles at the start of the semester.
0: So the next tool we want to briefly discuss is called Name Shouts. The Name Shouts website gives you access to a database of pronunciations for over 400,000 names across 21 languages. That's astounding. This tool is helpful if you want to seek out how to pronounce a specific (coughs) name. You can simply type in a name, select the language it originates from, and then you can hear a native speaker pronounce the name. With the free version, you can hear up to 50 shouts or names per month.
1: You know, and one of the other things I love about name shouts is it does give you access to hear the same name as it might be pronounced in different cultures. Um, so I think it's really worthwhile taking a look at that one. And last up in our tech tool lineup for today is NameCoach. This tool is similar to NameDrop in that it also allows users to record and share the pronunciation of their own name.
0: One extra feature it has is the option to add phonetic explanations to your pronunciation, such as saying coat for a long O sound. And that can be helpful for people with a hearing impairment since it describes how a name sounds. Today's guest is Myshia Lyles Moultrie. Myxia is a retention coordinator with the Center for Multicultural Initiatives here at Oakland University. Thanks for being here.
1: Thanks for having me. So I recently attended one of Oakland University's, um, AP professional development sessions on microaggressions. And during that presentation, Maishia shared a little bit about her own experiences with name pronunciation.
0: I imagine it's been a pretty common occurrence for you. People mispronouncing your name.
2: Yes, I probably get my name mispronounced at least once a day. Um, so it just, you know, depends on what I'm doing. Like if I order food, go get takeout. I tell them my name, and then when I come pick it up, they're like, "Maisha," and I'm like, "Yeah, that's me. Thanks." <laughs> um, so yes, very common occurrence.
0: Yeah, I had to, a couple of times just look, double check, and make sure because I think Maisha is a name we've heard more often mm-hmm. over over Maishia. So it's good to take a second look and make sure. Okay, I know I see the letter the for the order <laughs> the letters are, in, I can pronounce it correctly.
2: Yes. Yep. Exactly. I'm like, just read it. It's. It's it lays it out. It is pretty
1: it is a pretty phonetic one. Yes. Um so in our research for this episode, we noticed that people's names often tie into their personal and or cultural identity. Um so does this any of this ring true for you? Um I mean
2: in my personal identity, yes. Like my first name is completely made up. My mom heard a name similar and then tweaked it to her liking. Um, And my, my middle name is Venice, so that is a play off of my dad's name, his name is Venice. And then my name is hyphenated so Lyle's Moultrie and it's my mom's last name and my dad's last name. She apologizes because that also causes me a lot of issues with my hyphenated last name, but that's another issue. And so yeah, it is, you know, definitely a part of my personal identity, Um, and then even just culturally. I feel like people of color are so creative with their names um and so i i really feel like my mom all of my siblings names are very i don't know she just made them up so uh, very creative uh, my brother's name is Jakari, and my sister's name is queen but she messed with the spelling so um i think you know that creativity piece really does tie me it ties back to my culture for me
1: yeah absolutely and i'm sure You know it's something that was special to your mom being able to kind of make up those names and and really choose something that she felt fitting for her family and i'm sure that that kind of connection plays a role as well
2: yeah absolutely she likes to say my name means my first love and it does not mean that at all she (laughs) (laughs) it it does to her i guess she made it up so there it is
0: (laughs) that's really cool that it's got that extra special uh meaning for her as well. So yeah. Thanks for, for sharing that. That's awesome. Of course. Um, so in addition to my administrative role here at the university, I am also a part-time faculty. Mm-hmm. And in both of those roles, there have been times where you know, I've struggled with some of the perceived difficult names in my courses. Perhaps it's somebody whose name, you know, I start immediately think that could potentially be an international student or you know any of those other biases that can creep in when you see somebody's names.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What advice would you give to faculty members or staff members, anybody who's in a situation with struggling on how to pronounce somebody's name?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, so we kind of already touched on it a little earlier, but take like slow down and read it. I think a lot of the mispronunciation comes from just trying to get through um, names. Like I remember being in school, like in you know middle elementary high school um, and they call off attendance in class and if i just hear something that's like sounds close to like my something i'm like that's like that's probably going to be me so like i i just anticipate like they're going to say it wrong so i'll listen to for something similar and just raise my hand like sure that was probably me you're talking about um so maybe you know before you know class before you you know are talking with students um take some time and read over the names and you know slow down and look at you know the letters phonetically and see if it if it works out. And then I really appreciate when people try to say my name and acknowledge that they're trying. Um, So sometimes I'll go places and they'll say, Maisha, and then they'll say, Did I say that right? And then that opens up a door for me to correct them, because usually, you know, if someone says my name wrong, they say it, and then they just move on like, that's it like, you know, answer my question now versus like did i say that right and then i'm like no you didn't it's my shia and then they try again and then we they say it right or if they do say it right i'm like yes you did thank you so much like for trying so I think, you know, slowing down and then trying and then opening up that door for correction.
0: Yeah. I had mentioned an anecdote earlier in the episode where, you know, I thought maybe I should have just asked how to pronounce it, not make a big production out of it or celebrate the fact that, Hey, I said your name correctly, Mm -hmm. nobody ever does that for me. (laughs) So I think an important thing to recognize is that, yeah, it's okay Mm -hmm. to do that, but we don't need to make a big production out of it. It's just a very normal, casual uh thing asking how to pronounce somebody's name
2: yeah absolutely yeah and even beforehand before you even try like asking how to pronounce that you know is helpful for me as well because it just yeah it opens up an opportunity to have a conversation about the name versus like that's just the name you decided to give me in the moment so okay yeah and i
1: think we've touched a little bit on how in conversation, when you come across a name that you don't recognize and don't immediately know how to pronounce, I think that there's a lot of anxiety associated with that. And I think sometimes, Mm -hmm. like you said, people will just rush through because they're so worried about, is that right? I don't know what to do, kind of panicking, but really taking that time Mm -hmm. and slowing down and saying, this is an anxiety producing moment for me, but in order to be conscientious of this other person, I'm gonna slow down, I'm going to read through this and I'm going to make sure that i'm being conscious of this person's feelings and in the interaction as well
2: yeah absolutely it just feels it you know it it establishes a sense of like i respect that you know this is your name and i want to say it correctly um so it it feels more it feels more respectful to me when people try and ask or you know just ask before even saying Mm -hmm. it wrong
1: yeah, and I think, you know, we, we've talked a little bit in this podcast about like a sense of place and a sense of belonging. And I think being able to pronounce somebody's name correctly can really contribute to that sense of place and belonging for them, even if it's just in this one conversation, not even in a classroom mm-hmm. environment, but creating space for that person in the conversation.
2: Yeah, even like, you know, in small interactions, like, you know, at a grocery store or something, and you hand them your card for payment, and they say, Oh thank you Kate like it makes it feel so much more personable when that happens um so it is that same type of thing when someone says my name right i'm like oh thank you like that i appreciate like it it just feels a lot more um just a better experience and yeah a sense of belonging like i yeah, yeah
1: absolutely so i'm going to transition a little bit with our next question here um so Mm -hmm. how do you think correct name pronunciation can contribute to a sense of belonging in higher education
2: um i think it is it is almost like the bare minimum that like we can do to contribute to sense of belonging just saying someone's name and saying it right Because I mean, you know, we are at Oakland and it is a predominantly white institution. A lot of the faculty and staff that students come across are also, you know, mostly white. Um, And so there is already that like, I think some students or even myself will already come into a situation knowing like, they're not gonna say it right, or I'm gonna have to find a shorter way to, you know, give to people so that they can at least call me something that I choose for them to call me. or, you know, even you come across those, you know, have those conversations they like do you have a nickname or like something else you like to be called. It's just very dismissive and makes it feel like yeah you you don't, you don't belong here your name's not normal it's not what we what we say so give us something else. Um, and so I, I just feel like it's the, the bare minimum we can do to make students feel like they have a place here they belong here and we are you know we're welcoming to you because we want you to feel comfortable here
1: yeah absolutely and i think you can see that with um interactions with international students as well in particular mm-hmm. there are international students who will adopt a nickname and use it throughout their time here that is more palatable to the dominant culture mm-hmm. um which i think can create that sense of i have to assimilate to be here
0: i love that you say that it's you know kind of a bare minimum Mm -hmm. for that. And yeah, it's just shed a lot of light on me for, to hear that, you know? And so I really appreciate you sharing that aspect of it. And in our roles here at Oakland university, primarily we're in online learning and we have some tools that we discussed like name coach or name drop that can be used to either learn how to pronounce somebody's name or where you can speak your own name and give a pronunciation for that as well how do you think tools like that can help create a more inclusive learning environment at OU?
2: Um, I did, I took some time to look at those two websites. Um, and I think that that would be so monumental in taking away that initial anxiety of, I have to teach this person how to say my name. Um, and also, I think it would take away the, it would just make it more, you know, If everyone did it, it wouldn't be so just like isolating like okay if they put it, I know if they say if they're not sure if they pause a little bit before saying the name like it's it's probably mine like they just don't know how to say it. Um, So I think it takes away that um, anxiety of like my name is different, and so I have to you know do more so that people like know how to say it, instead of like you know, say for an online learning class, if, you know, they sometimes do that on Moodle, like introduce yourself, tell us about yourself, three fun facts and record how to say your name, like so that we all know the correct pronunciation. Um, And then also that anxiety piece that Kate touched on, on like both ends, like, you know, you being the person that is anxious about mispronouncing someone's name, it gives you that opportunity in private to hit that button over and over and like practice out loud. And you see it spelled out phonetically and you hear them saying it and so you can keep pressing it and keep practicing
1: yeah and i like what you said there about kind of normalizing it and i think in our last episode we touched on this idea of you know include your pronouns in your zoom profile so that you yeah. know it kind of normalizes that sharing of pronouns and i think this can be a very similar thing adopting a tool like this can be a part of you know normalizing learning how to pronounce people's names and you know meeting Mm -hmm. like you said that kind of bare minimum of you can learn how to pronounce this person's name
2: yeah yes
1: do you have any advice for people who might be kind of teetering on the edge of using something like a name pronunciation tool or perhaps some you know final thoughts on this subject in general
2: if you know if anyone's teetering on the edge i think it's worth it to give it a try um even in my my email signature at work like I have my name spelled out phonetically and I found that on Facebook like Facebook did it for me like they had different options and ways to say it, and so I just copied and pasted it and put it in my email. Um, now I don't think people look at it necessarily because um, I still come across you know some issues with that, um, but I think if you know it's worth it to give it a try, and it may make someone else feel you know like just you know more comfortable in that same like oh they also have a difficult name a difficult time with this they're using this tool maybe i could try it out and see if it works for me and so i i think you should i i don't think it hurts to give it a try if it doesn't work it doesn't work but at least you made an effort and tried to make someone feel like they you know were not abnormal or have or they are a difficulty to you
0: and that they belong here
2: yes that they belong
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, we really appreciate you being here today. Um, It was it was a really wonderful conversation. So um, thanks for taking the time out.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: We'd like to thank Maishia for joining us today. If you liked this episode, don't forget to subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher or Spotify. We value your feedback and your ratings and reviews will help others discover our show. You can also follow us on Instagram at inclusive online pod. If you'd like to get in touch with us with your ideas, feedback, or request to collaborate, you can send us an email to inclusive at gmail.com and we'll be looking forward to hearing from you.
0: And don't forget to take a look at all of our resources for today's episode linked in the show notes. Please note that we are not endorsing or sponsoring any of the products and tools that we discussed in our show today. We are simply sharing our experiences with these tools and we do not receive any compensation for mentioning these products.
1: We'll be back next month with our third episode. And until then,
0: we hope you feel included.